This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi. Janelle's getting her hair ready for our podcast. I want to look so good for you guys. You don't even know. I mean, it's very voluminous today. I haven't washed it in two days. I mean, amazing. It's called dry shampoo. This is Sip Survive. Repeat. I'm Danelle. I'm Jenny. And I'm Kenny. Um, this is week 12. Holy smokes. That's a dozen. That's a dozen apps. That's not a baker's dozen. That's a real dozen. No, next week will be a baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we care? I don't know. I don't know. I used to work at a bakery, so I know oh. what that is. Uh-huh. Did, you bake, did you bake stuff? Um, no. I bagged the donuts at night. Oh. I would have bagged them straight I to my mouth. Them. I did do that too. <laughs> would you- I would also get the produce guys that worked at the grocery store because I worked in just the bakery section and I had to mop the floor at night and I would offer them six glazed donuts to mop my floor and they did. Wow. Mm-hmm. Doling it out. Sometimes maybe a cream stick. If they were lucky. If you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, not like that. (laughs) GBA. (laughs) I love it. Um, Janelle, you provided our wine today. Would you like to tell us about it? I did. This is a special reserve from Costco. We love Um, Costco. (laughs) We're Midwest. We can't help it. I went on Friday. Had to throw some elbows. Who knew Costco was so busy during the day? Easter. I know, but people... Oh, well, yeah, true. Um, this is called Cento. Am I saying that right? I'm going to go Cento. Cento. I'm going to go Cento or Cento. Cento. Or Cento. Yeah. Or Pinto. I don't know. No P. Okay. It's a Malbec from 2015 and it's Argentina. Ooh. Hello. Oh. Um, it's really smooth. It's good. Yeah, I like and it. I think it was like 15 bucks. I like Malbecs. I do too. They're like a little spicy. It says on it, in honor of the people who labor in the vineyards of Mendora's... Chinto is a fulfillment of their hard work and passion. That's why I bought it. Just kidding. I, I was like, you really stood there and read all this? No, I bought it because it's $15. Oh. So. I look at price and then I look at the label and mm. see if I like the design. I do label first, then price. And then I'm like, ooh, I need to move on. Oh, that's brave. I know. I like to start where I know I can afford I it. I know. I know. <laughs> but I'm a label. I want to. I want it to look nice. Okay. Sometimes I think it's funny if it doesn't look nice, though. And it has 93 points, whatever that means. There's a point system? Yeah. Oh. I feel like anything over 90 is good quality. You're going to get a deal. I've never seen points on yeah. a wine before. We should look that up. Is this a Costco th- thing? No, I think it's a wine thing. I'm pretty sure it's a wine thing. It's a wine thing. I've been under a rock, and it means I do that, a lot of wine tasting. It means that it's, like, good if it's over 90. Oh, my God. From someone. Kim has an app that, like, tracks ra- user ratings of wine. So she like looks up a wine first, be like, oh, users rated this like a four out of five. So oh. get that way. You know what we'd like? We'd like you guys to rate us a five out of five. Do you like that good. segue? That was really <laughs> good segue. We need reviews mm. and ratings. Rate, subscribe, and review. Whoop, 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 whoop. That's, a new, that's our new theme song. <laughs> it's very annoying. It'll mm. definitely get people listening. Obviously. Mm. That and my hair. That, your hair. And our excellent wine selection with points over 90. I only serve you guys the best. I mean, obviously. I brought you guys gas station wine last week, so. But it, honestly, it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. Um, we finished the bottle, let's be honest. Yeah. We're it not didn't, messing around. It didn't stop us. 
Uh, all right. So Kenny had a quick something story you wanted to tell us. Oh, yeah. So I was looking for my weird news story last minute, like I usually do. Mm-hmm. And just a quick little survival story. It's just a good one. Uh, so a man was being rushed to the hospital, 59-year-old. He had a heartbeat of 200 beats per minute, which, you know, pretty bad. That's fast, right? Yeah, and the medics were trying to, you know, return it to normal so he doesn't die. And they hit a pothole, and it jolted his heart back to normal. Oh. Oh. So the pothole saved this guy's life. Hot damn. Yeah. Do you think that would work with hiccups? Mm. I don't know. Like it's an internal body's pothole. Right. I'm just saying, sometimes I have hiccups and I can't get rid of them. And I would like to know a way to get rid of them. Oh, you mean if you like drove if over I drove a over a pothole? Because there's plenty in Ohio. You meant, I thought you meant if your heartbeat was over 200 and you got the hiccups. <laughs> Guys, listen. I went to Kent State. I'm, it's I'm fine. really smart. It's fine. But I, I yeah, I get what you're laying. I down like now. that though. I feel like that's. Uh, you know what that's happens it. to me every morning is I'm trying to drive with hot tea in my car. And every time I hit a little bump or a little curb or a little whatever, tea sloshes out. Where's your lid? There's a lid, but it comes out the little hole. Oh, yeah. You need like a Yeti thing where it closes. Hmm. That'll require me washing it every day. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, like light rinsing. Light rinsing. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. That was good. Okay, I like that. Jolted him right back into life. Sometimes when I work out, my heartbeat gets to like 198. Is that bad? I feel like For that's kind of high. Well, I f- yeah. Okay, so I feel like your heartbeat when you're working out depends on what you want to do. I feel like like I'm a running, target so I'm dying. Target heart rate is like 160 when you're working out. Uh, but it's lower if you want to be in the fat burning zone. It's lower. Oh, I thought it was higher if you want. Oh it to no, be. I think oh, it's no, higher. Nope. I'm gonna look it up on my Google. Cause like I I did a cardio thing today and the bike's like you got to be at 158. That's for cardio. That's heart health. Oh, oh. oh so fat burning is like muscle, like um, lifting, maybe. I don't know. I'm looking. For I'll it. be honest. I, I have just no know idea. I did that. Or- I went to those Orange Theory classes, and my heartbeat was like 198. All right. Let's see here. The fat burning zone is a concept that the body burns a greater amount of fat at a lower intensity aerobic exercise than it does at higher intensities. And it says, actually, the body burns a greater percentage of fat at lower intensities than higher intensities. What? Oh, what's the best heart rate to burn fat? Click it. Oh, to determine your maximum heart rate, subtract your age from 220. For example, a 35-year-old woman's maximum heart rate is 220 minus 35, or 185 beats per minute. 183 is mine. To enter the fat-burning zone, she'd want her heart rate to be 70% of 185, which is about 130 beats per minute. Oh my God, Jenny is woo, right. Woo, 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 woo. Yes, Dang. I used so to work Danelle out with a personal is trainer. Almost dying at Orange Theory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe stop trying so hard. I'll walk next time. Like, just take. A I back don't. Couple that's matches. the thing. I'm only running. Whatever. Nobody cares. I'm not running very fast, and that's maybe not a good sign. Listen, I'm out of shape. I don't work out. <laughs> not unless someone's chasing me. <laughs> um, hey, meow. Okay. Okay. Let's get into survival stories. Okay. <coughs> I apologize for my coughing. Jenny has a Jenny and Kenny were sick last week. I'm leaving for Mexico Thursday, and if these bitches get me sick, she's gonna kill us. I feel better now. I know. Yeah. I don't. Okay. This is a survival I don't. This is a survival story of Lindsay Waltz and the thirty fifth West Bridge collapse. Ooh. 
It's something I'm afraid of. I'm also afraid of bridge collapsings. I'm sure you are. I knew you would be. Yeah. It's every time I go over big bridges, I'm like, what if Me too. Falls? Especially the 90 bridge in mm-hmm. Cleveland. So we have a bridge that crosses, basically connects Cleveland to the suburbs. Yeah. And it goes over the Cuyahoga River. Mm-hmm. And it's called the 90 Interbelt Bridge. Mm-hmm. And they have been doing construction. Well, they just finished, finished construction on it two years ago, I think. Anyway, the bridge that I'm about to talk about is the same kind of bridge. Right. This is the one that made Cleveland go, oh, maybe we should upgrade that yep. thing. And I think it was the same architect and builder that did this bridge. I'm pretty sure you're right. Ooh. So okay. a little bit about the bridge. It was opened in 1967 and was Minnesota's third busiest carrying 140,000 vehicles daily, reaching up to 115 feet, which is pretty tall. Mm-hmm. Um, it was eight lanes. And it was a steel truss arch bridge, which is the same as 90, which I think it still is that same kind of bridge. I'm not 100% sure it is. No, maybe they, it was. I think they did something different. Wikipedia said it was, but I think it meant like before they remodeled it. Oh, okay. It was. So okay. you're probably right. Um, on this day, 13 people were killed and 145 were injured. Ooh. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So I've had many. So Cleveland's I-90 bridge is 136 feet tall. So it's a little higher, but similar, you know. So August 1st, 2007. Hold on. This is like in my way. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, my eyes are crossing trying to read this. August 1st, 2007 um, had been a really great day for Lindsay Waltz. She had just finished work and was heading home. And she worked at a group home with troubled adolescents. She loved her job, and she enjoyed working with kids. She was a 24-year-old University of Minnesota graduate and had started teaching um, her teens independent living skills, like checkbooks and budgets. And these are just kids that were maybe underprivileged and didn't have a great home life um, or needed some additional help. So she loved what she did. And she said she really looked forward to going to work every day. So she was driving home from work, long day, but a great day. And she was on heading southbound on the I-35 West traffic bridge, whatever. Um, So traffic came to a crawl as she's sitting there. And with several lanes closed ahead of her, they were, you know, they were doing repair work. It was constantly under repair, like the 90 bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was heavy equipment everywhere and people. And she did think about crossing over to another lane to get off on an earlier exit. But she was like, you know what? I'm already smushed in the middle. I'm just going to stay. No one's going to let me over. Everyone's being dick. So here I am. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep going. So she did manage her way to the middle lane because as she was like thinking about this process, she was able to get over one lane, Um, but she was still stuck. So whatever. Um, She sat in her car, just hearing the loud banging of the construction And she heard a huge, huge loud noise. And she honestly thought it was a construction worker had dropped like a crane or something like that. Like she wasn't sure what happened. And then all she remembers is the ground opening up in front of her. Nope. Yeah. Mm -mm. Suddenly her car took a nosedive off the bridge and plunged into the void, falling more than 100 feet. Um, Yeah. Seeing only dust and airborne debris, she gripped the steering wheel and expected to splat on concrete. Instead, her car hit water and started sinking, which is also another also one of my fears. I can't. I don't want to be in a coming car up, sinking. Not only have you just fell off a bridge, now your car is sinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure her airbags went off and she had her seatbelt on, so it was very chaotic and just terrifying. Um, she said that uh, the windows were closed, 
but the water rushed in through the front air vents in seconds um, after the car hit water. Oh, God. Um, By the time her car stopped moving, she was immersed (laughs) in water and there was no air anywhere. So it just happened like that. Um, She lost her glasses, but in the black, muddy water, it didn't matter. She unbuckled her seatbelt and began um, pushing, pounding, and kicking against the doors and windows, just trying to get her way out. So she ended up drifting into the back seat. So it sounds like the car was like the nose was down further in water and the back was like sticking up. So there was some air in the back. And um, so she tried to to swim her way back to um, the back of the car. And um, as she was doing this, her body kept pressing against the seats. Her shoes came off. She gulped a ton of water and then she gulped more. And she knew she was running out of time and air quickly. Uh, as soon as that started to happen, she said her her mental her brain started shifting, and she was like, "I'm I'm gonna go out of fighting mode and just accepting that I'm about to die. Like, oh, this no. is it. Like, she quickly was just like, "Okay, this is it. I'm gonna die." And um, she said she started to think about her family and all the, you know, she's like, "I'll be able to see my loved ones again soon." And she just went there mentally. No. Yeah. She also knew that there were a lot of people on the bridge. And if anyone was on their way to, it would take them a while to get there to, you know, save them. And also she's in the middle of water. So by the time they get there, it's, it's going to be too late. Do you know if other cars had like fallen into the same yes. area as hers? Yeah. I feel like, I don't know how many exactly, but I feel like <laughs> it was probably maybe 50, oh, okay. maybe less. I'm okay. making that up, but I, it sounds like where, how it opened up, like anyone that was in that, it was, and it was eight lanes. So maybe not 50, maybe like 20. Yeah. That's still... Know. That's a lot. That's a lot of metal. So as she went into this, I'm going to die phase, she said a sense of calm came over her. And she said that the bright light that everyone always talks about, she said she saw it like flash before her. And she was very confused because she knew she was still alive and she felt her body floating. And, but she was confused. She's like, am I dead? Like, is this death? But I still feel very much alive. Um, And this went on in her mind for about, you know, 15, 20 seconds. And then all of a sudden she just started kicking as hard as she could. Like, she's like, you know what? I'm not dead yet. So she started like kicking her arms and her legs and thrashing. And by that point she knew the boundaries of the car and how far she could go. And she was just then determined to get out of there. So it was a weird mental stage. So she went from, you know, I'm getting out of the situation to giving up to, you know, trying to fight again to get out. Now, uh, why was it so hard for her to open these doors? Wasn't her car already filled with water? Yeah. Yeah. That's so what they I say, think have to wait for the equilibrium to get the same. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I should have looked up stats on what to do for your car because I'm really I interested. I can tell you some items because I'm terrified. Tell me. So basically, once your car goes into a body of water, you have to wait until your vehicle fills with water mm-hmm. if you're going to try and open any of the doors because you have to wait. If you don't, it's like... Um, there's so much pressure from the water pushing you won't be on able the doors, to open you won't them. be able to open them. Mm-hmm. So you have to wait until your car completely fills with water, which is terrifying. Because then you're just sitting there waiting for there to be no air and nowhere for you to go. So you have to, your car has to fill up completely with water. So not only is it submerged, it's full of water. Mm-hmm. Mm. To open a door. Now, obviously, in the olden days, you could just crank your window down. Right. <clears throat> Most cars don't have There cranks. should be an emergency crank. <coughs> That's That would be great. An emergency cranker. Well, they make emergency, like, um, window breakers. I know. I thought about getting one of those. I think we should. I think she escaped through the back. Interesting. Through the trunk part. Huh. 
if I read, I think one of the articles I read said that's how she actually got out. So she didn't like bust a window or anything like that. Like she went through the back somehow while she was Here's kicking. a note. New cars all have an escape that's pulley what I think in the it back. Was. So if you have a new car, I don't know what year it started, um, and someone like locks you in the trunk, for example, mm-hmm. there is an escape mechanism back there now where you can pull it and it'll release the trunk. I think that's what she did. And I, So if you're in a situation where you need to escape your car and you can get into the trunk, mm-hmm. you can get out that way. And they said she had a Volkswagen Jetta, so I feel like that's a nicer mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know. Okay. Well, all right. She gets out. Okay, good. After a lot of struggle. So I just scrolled past where I was. So give me a second. Kenny, you're going to have to edit this out. Oh, okay. So she gets out. She um, is obviously surrounded by water. And she notices a giant piece of concrete with like steel coming out of it. And just like kind of rubble from maybe the bridge or maybe it was there before. So she swims to it. So she's not unconscious somehow. She swims to it and pulls herself up or starts to pull herself up. And there was a gentleman there um, named Jeff Reingate who had also fell off the bridge. He was a construction worker oh and had made it. And he had a broom with him. And he extended the broom out for her to help her like pull herself up on this piece of concrete. I thought you were going to go Harry Potter and they, no. and they flew <laughs> off on the broom together. No. Okay. Nope. Mm-mm. Somehow he managed to have a broom and um helped her up and pulled her to safety and she said after what seemed like a couple of hours um boat-borne paramedics arrived and took her to shore which I don't know why you wouldn't bring a helicopter to something like this but maybe the maybe they're too close to the bridge yeah maybe a helicopter couldn't get down yeah I don't know so they a boat paramedics came okay Mm -hmm. and um I thought this was funny based on Kenny's story he just told. Slipped her into the back of a pickup truck for the drive to the hospital. All right. A pickup truck. A they pickup put truck. her in the back of a pickup truck. I don't even think that's legal. She has a broken vertebrae mm. and a shattered, like, well, she broke a vertebrae and then shattered multiple other ones. So can you imagine laying in the back of a pickup truck? No. So imagine how bumpy and, you know, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. She had a broken what? Vertebrae. Multiple broken vertebrae. And they were just like, hey, get in the back of this pickup? Mm-hmm. Well, they had her on like a stretcher thing. Okay, but at least still, that, it's super bumpy. I mean, have you ever ridden in the back of a pickup truck? Because I have. Minerva, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I, on the way to Geauga Lake. I feel, like the whole way? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was like 1992. We all piled into the back were of my... Were you wearing overalls? No. With one strap on? I was probably wearing like... <laughs> I, was, I do have a pair of those still. Um, I was probably wearing like jorts of some sort, mm. spandex jorts maybe. I don't know. I have some jorts I just bought. They're pretty cool. Well, they're back in style now. Sure. And they were cool back then too. I'm a total mom. I'm we, just going to wear them all summer. We all piled in the back of my stepdad's pickup truck. And as he drank beers, we he took us to Geauga Lake because it was 1992. Can and you three. please explain my face right now? <laughs> Jenny's in shock and awe. Your parents would never do that to you? Janet and Jim didn't drink in front of me. What? Mm-mm. Oh my God. There was like a, you know. No, my parents at dinner would have milk with the kids. And then after dinner, they would have coffee. What? Like I literally thought my parents didn't drink. But do they now? Oh yeah. Did they then? I don't know. Probably when you went to bed. When I went to bed or like when they had parties, I know that they would buy stuff and drink. Milk. Yeah. At dinner, it was always, is milk all around. I mean, I guess that's good parenting. <clears throat> 2% baby. Well, my stepdad drank beers while he drove us to Geauga Lake. 
Does he know that dr- drinking and driving at the same time I think is illegal? He's, I think he's found out a few times that that's illegal. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't think he cared at the time. Great. Listen, we made it. We're fine. I know, what, it, I know what it's like to be in the back of a pickup truck now. Oh, my God. So, I'm um, <laughs> um, Let's see. So as she looked up, so she's in the back of the pickup truck. She said she saw storm clouds gathering and people on the 10th Avenue Bridge. Don't know what that is or where that is, but okay. Great. Um, gazing down at her. And then she heard the buzz of a helicopter and piercing sirens of emergency vehicles miles away. So she, it's just all like coming back to her like, And she's shit. like, I'm in the back of a fucking pickup truck. Why didn't the ambulance right. get here? And why is the helicopter just now arriving? Get it together. Arr. So um, she spent five days in the hospital. Ugh. And then she spent another five months in a back brace. Uh, poor thing, receiving physical therapy. Did and she have to have surgery? How do you fix a broken vertebrae? I don't know. She had to have surgery, right? Oh, just back stuff in general grosses mm. me out. Well, and she said that she was also, she talks about how she went to the grocery store afterwards and she was in her back brace and she was so afraid of anyone just bumping into her. Like she was in so much pain. Oh, I bet. Like mentally and also physically. Like, yeah. Ugh. Um, she said she felt very fragile. Uh, How much PTSD does she have on bridges now? Well, here we go. So she, every time she crossed a bridge afterwards um, or sensed vibrations on a bridge deck, she felt a churn inside of her. And she also realized that when she would be in the shower, like when she was taking a shower, she would be holding her breath just from like being underwater and going through that almost drowning experience. Oh my God. So yeah, she definitely had some PTSD and she would be taking a shower and then just like start gasping for air because she had been holding her breath the whole time, which is so sad. Um, she did try to return to work afterwards, but she couldn't. Um, she felt like she couldn't work with teens who li- whose lives were in disarray when her life was also in disarray and just couldn't, she felt like she couldn't help yeah. them. Um, so in September of 2008, 11 months after the bridge collapse, a new bridge was open to traffic. It only took, it only took 11 months. Yikes, guys. I mean, our 90 bridge took three years. Uh, uh-huh. no, I feel like it was supposed to take three years. It actually, I think, opened much quicker than they thought. Really? It felt like three years. Maybe it's quicker to do a bridge when no one's driving on it. I mean, it collapsed, so no one can drive on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's guys, that's the kicker right there. <laughs> Look at us smart people in the room. Wow, thanks for being here everyone. Um so by that time when the new bridge reopened, they were in a legal action lawsuit against mm. the city and the contractors and everyone and um they actually won 101.5 million dollars. Damn. That was paid out by the state and to several bridge contractors and survivors of the victim's family. 1.5 million of that went to a memorial honoring those that died on the bridge. Mm -hmm. And then eventually the National Transportation Safety Board concluded that the bridge fell in large part because a gusset plate, whatever that is, holding the parts together were thinner than they should have been. And then that way, that's how the bridge broke or collapsed. So it was just an oversight on their part. Um, so through excessive weight and repair of the project, they um, confirmed that that's what made a break. Um, so every day, every day for her was a struggle. She couldn't go back to work. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend at the time, which they were together for many, many years, broke up because she just couldn't function. She couldn't hold a relationship. She couldn't hold a job. Like she, her life was falling apart. 
So once her boyfriend left her, she started to get her shit together. Like she put herself in therapy. She started doing like exercise therapy. Like I'm assuming like water therapy and stuff like that. I'm making that up, but that's just what I envision in my mind. I bet and her heart rate's around 130. I bet, I bet, I bet you her heart rate is not 198. Probably not. And she's probably very calm and like, yeah. <laughs> so she got her stuff together and then her and her boyfriend got back together and then they eventually got married. Aww. And not long after, she took about $25,000 of her settlement money and invested it in um, her dream, which is to start a nonprofit working with the youth. So on August 1st, 2013, the sixth anniversary of the bridge collapse, she opened Courageous um, hearts, a South, uh, Minneapolis drop-in art center where teens can express themselves without fear of judgment, anger, or conflict. And she lived happily ever after. And she's still married and still working at the center. Oh my God. Was the construction worker with the broom? Do you think he was at the wedding? I don't know. <gasps> I hope so. He officiated it. I bet you he did. Or mm. he, maybe he like was one of a group, a groomsman maybe. Oh my God. Yeah. Or the DJ. Ooh. I don't know. Multi-talented construction worker. Mm-hmm. Bulky muscles. DJ skills mm-hmm. works with his hands. Hey, I like it. Carries a broom. I mean, <gasps> what? He cleans stuff. Uh, mm. Double whammy. <laughs> I don't know how I turn that dirty all of a sudden, but well, we always do. So that's the survival story of Lindsay Waltz, and I got a lot of this from the Star Tribune, like ninety nine percent of it. So I nice. Where did the other one percent come from? Uh, Wikipedia. Mm. And my brain. And my brain. And your brain mm-hmm. from when it happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there you go. Wow. How many people died during this? 13. 13? Okay. Yeah. I and 145 yeah. injured? Injured, yep. Yeah. I feel like when that did happen, and I remember them being like, the bridge in Cleveland is the same thing. Terrifying. I was like, shit. I had a couple panic attacks what going over the bridge. What year was this again? This was in, let's see, hold on. 2007. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I was definitely I working. So sad. Yikers. Scary. The 480 bridge right now is being worked on, and I went over it the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, please, that is even higher. Don't you feel like that bridge sways from side to side? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I do. I don't think it's supposed to do that. I don't like it. I think bridges are supposed to move to some degree, to like... A little bit. Because they're curved, and it's cement. I don't know. If there are any bridge makers out there, will you please write us? And correct everything I said wrong. We, We would love it. Or engineers. There we go. Bri- there. Bridge yes. makers. Yeah. I did look up. I, I did try to. What do you school to be? A, a bridge, bridge maker. maker. Oh, you mean an engineer, sir? <laughs> I'm an idiot. I love it. <laughs> I did look. I really did try to find out who created the 90 bridge. Like what architect and stuff. Yeah. I couldn't find it. So. I heard it was the same one, though. I did, I, too. Like that. At least that's the rumor in Cleveland. That's the old scoopadoni. Yeah. Mm. So that's it. Love it. Well, hate it. But yeah, I'm glad she survived. That's crazy. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Kathy I Kenny. heard this one's really good. I'm so excited. I don't know if it's that good, but it's... I'm glad you're going I'm after curious me. curious what it is. Oh, get excited. All right, now so... I can just sit back and relax. That's right. Oh, before I start, maybe I should pour some... No, I'll wait until Kenny's thing, and then I'll pour some more wine. Okay, I am doing the survivor that got away from Jeffrey Dahmer. Ooh, ooh, yes. Ooh. Okay. This is an intense, you really. Okay, I'm not going into the whole Jeffrey Dahmer thing. I mean, I kind of am. I kind of am. Okay. But not really. Um, and then there's a twist at the end that you're going to be like, God, bless America. I, I love GBA. a twist Me too. All right. Um, so his name is Tracy Edwards. 
And he was hailed a hero on July 22nd, 1991, because he led police to Dahmer's house, where they found 17 dismembered victims. <gasps> and it ended a spree of a cannibalistic homicide spree. Oh, wait, I already said spree twice. Ending a spree of cannibalistic homicides by one of the country's most notorious serial killers. Didn't he have a house in Akron? He did. He, at one point or another, or lived. Up. I think he grew up in Akron, but this all Ooh. happened... I think in, I want to say Minneapolis. Yeah, it was Minneapolis. Yeah. Was it? Okay. Minneapolis. Remember the story we said from earlier that guy oh, at the pool? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, Edwards first came to the public's notice in 1991 when he met Dahmer. They chatted for a while because this was the whole thing. Like, so Dahmer was gay or, mm-hmm. um, and so he would go and find other men that he could woo, I guess we'll call it. Um, and then he invited Edwards back to his house to drink beer and watch The Exorcist. Which... Ew, no hard pass. Hard pass on that. Well, I don't, when, I don't know when The Exorcist came out. Kenny, can you find out when The Exorcist came out? Um, I think it was a fairly, So was it a hot movie then? Maybe. Like maybe hard to get a hold of or maybe hard to rent um, at your local blockbuster? Maybe. 1973. Oh, okay. okay. Not at all in the near future. But So they obviously knew it was a gory movie. That's right? just a weird pickup line, but okay. Okay, well, maybe they both discussed that they love horror movies. Yeah. Whatever. Um, when Edwards arrived, uh, Dahmer's demeanor completely changed. He's like, I'm going to eat you now. Um, well, he rested his head on Edwards' chest. And he chanted along with the movie. No. No. <laughs> run. <laughs> and then he threatened to kill Edwards with a butcher knife and eat his heart. Gross. Describe my face right now. Um, shock and awe. Danelle's eyes are humongous. <laughs> Edwards talked him down. He must have been a really great talker. Charismatic, this Tracy Edwards. Yeah. Uh, allowing Dahmer to put handcuffs on just one of his wrists. Holy shit. So somehow he convinced him, sure, you can put the handcuffs on me. But just but my just, left one. But just the onesie. Just oh one. Winkity wink. Edwards bargained with Dahmer for four hours. Over the handcuff or just in general? No, before, just like in general, I think like the handcuff was on and then they like were bargaining with saying, at this point, Dahmer was like, like no, I'm seriously going to eat your heart. Oh. So four hours of debating with Dahmer happened. And then um, at that point, he had a break where he could actually run out of the apartment. So he bolted, he started running down the street. He had a handcuff. He had the handcuffs dangling from the one wrist. Cling, 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 cling. He flagged down the police and he told them some guy just tried to kill me and he led them to Dahmer's house. <laughs> okay. Edwards told police that Dahmer had held him in his apartment and threatened to kill him. Um, and although the police initially thought the story was false, rude, uh, they did take him back uh, to Dahmer's apartment where Dahmer calmly explained that the whole matter was simply a misunderstanding. Right. Okay. So he's basically like, it's a lover's quarrel. Like we were just, you know, whatever, whatever. Cause he had pulled this before and I'll get into that in a minute. Um, the police almost believed him because apparently Jeffrey Dahmer was very well, convincing. Very, yeah. He's, he's a psychopath, mm-hmm. which they are, you know, and very it could easy. be a lover's core. Like, yeah, the police see you everything, know. so they're probably like, well, maybe it's like a, you know. I'm sure they see all sorts of mm-hmm. shit that they're like, oh, I guess it could be. Um, however, the police spotted a few Polaroid photos of dismembered bodies. Oh, oops. Didn't mean to leave those out. Oh, I'm sorry. The, those are private. 
<laughs> I, I meant to put those under my bed before you came over. Yeah. Polaroids of dismembered bodies. So police arrested him. And inside, police discovered a serial killer. They recovered the body parts of 11 men, including four human heads stored in a refrigerator, boxes containing body parts, torsos in a barrel of acid, and photographs of several of his victims. The smell alone. Yeah. Basically, when Dahmer's apartment was fully searched, a house of horrors was revealed. So he had photo albums full of pictures, it was littered with human remains, the heads, the ga- the drums oh. with the torsos, and there was also evidence that he had been eating some of his victims, which we all know. Do you think he like sautéed it? Or I hope so. It, or do you think it was like a raw? Mm. I haven't. I mean, I know Dahmer, but I don't like. Yeah, I haven't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I know he was a cannibal, but I didn't I'll, know. I'll look it up because now I'm curious. Like, did he of. pickle them? In mason jars? I don't know. Like, I'm just curious how he, like, consumed these things. Yeah. I don't know. I'm guessing he cooked them, but, again, that's just going off of other cannibal Mm -hmm. stories I've heard. Um, So here's an interesting little tidbit. Neighbors told both detectives and the press that they had noticed an awful smell Mm, emanating from the apartment, but that Dahmer had explained it away as having expired meat. Like, if you have that much expired meat in your apartment that it smells... You need to reevaluate your yeah. life choices. Yeah. yeah. And maybe don't order so much meat next time. Put it in the freezer if you're going to take Get a while Get a second to eat freezer. It. What are you God. thinking? Come on. Don't leave it lay out. Um, Dahmer managed to conceal his awful crimes in the middle of a city apartment building. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. It was. I thought he was kind of like on the outskirts. I did no, too. he was in the city. Um, this is the interesting part. <clears throat> Apparently, police had been called two months earlier, so before Tracy Edwards had been an almost victim. Uh, a 14-year-old boy, uh, let's see, police had been called two months earlier about a naked and bleeding 14-year-old boy being chased down an alley by Dahmer. The responding officers actually returned the boy, who had been <gasps> drugged, to Dahmer's apartment. No! Where the 14-year-old boy was promptly killed by Dahmer. Oh, my God. They thought it was a domestic dispute. And don't worry, those police officers were later fired. I was going to say, what <laughs> what happened to them? Because that's bullshit. Yeah. <clears throat> what? Okay, a 14-year-old boy and a grown man, also inappropriate. Inappropriate. And wouldn't you believe the little boy if he's screaming yes. and crying and, and naked bleeding? and running? Down, like Naked and bleeding? Get out of here with that. So um, anyway, like I said, they, they turned up 11 victims based on body parts. <clears throat> The first of whom disappeared on March uh, in March of 1989, um, and that was just two months before Dahmer successfully escaped a prison sentence for child molestation by telling the judge that he was desperately seeking to change his conduct. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they already they had him in custody for something, and then they, they just let screwed him go. this whole thing up. <sighs> so he later confessed to 17 murders, all dating back uh, to his first victim in 1978. I want to read more about... I mean, I know his story, but I don't know his story. I know. It's very intense. I don't know a lot beyond the fact that he was a cannibal and he mm-hmm. kept body parts yeah. and <clears throat> there were heads in his fridge. Um, the jury rejected Dahmer's insanity defense and he was sentenced to 15 life terms. Oh, thank God. Uh, but don't worry, he was also killed by another inmate in November of 1994. I wonder what they were brawling about. Like, was it a fight? They were was probably it- like, you're a fucking psycho. 
we're gonna kill you. Yeah. It's like I feel like when child molesters go in, they're yeah, they get you're getting your ass beat and then you're getting killed. Yeah, pretty much. As you should. Nobody likes that. Nope. Nobody likes that. All right. Edwards told police he escaped by gaining Dahmer's trust, and he said he underestimated me. God sent me there to take care of the situation. Oh, I love that. Get ready, though. This is the twist. Oh, no. You ready? I'm going to cough a little. (coughs) Okay. Almost immediately, Edwards' fame began to cost him. He was recognized by police in Mississippi as a wanted felon. Oh, no. And charged with sexual assault of a 14-year-old girl. Oh, he was extradited to face charges there. Uh, when Edwards returned to Milwaukee, he filed a lawsuit against the city's police department for not following up on earlier tips mm-hmm. that led to him being, you know, almost killed by mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, he sought $5 million, but the suit was thrown out. Edwards was not part of the class action suit that awarded restitution from Dahmer's estate to the families of the victims. So the other families of victims got money. He did not. Okay. I know he has some bad history, but, like, he also helped solve the crime by... Agreed. So, in the following years, he began to rack up more police charges, including arrest for drug possession, theft, property damage, failure to pay child support, and bail jumping. Man. Okay. We're getting ready. 20 years later, almost to the day, Mm. Edwards was arrested July 26, 2011, and accused of throwing a man to his death off a Milwaukee bridge. A bridge. bridge? Oh my God, Jenny, we are so in sync. I know. Like the band. Oh my God. Bye, bye, bye. You're all I ever wanted. All right. If convicted, Edwards faces 60 years in prison. Ooh. Um, Possibly the very same prison. Jeffrey Dahmer that, that was Jeffrey in. Jeffrey Dahmer was oh in. Oh my God. Um, And... It's like Humpty Dumpty, said Edwards' defense attorney, Paul Kaczynski. Speaking of Edwards' life after the Dahmer trial, it's like he was never able to put the pieces back together again. Yeah. Um, at the time of his arrest, Edwards, now 52, was homeless and had been moving from shelter to shelter since at least 2002. He had been standing on a bridge uh, with another homeless man, Timothy Carr and Johnny Jordan. A witness at a gas station across the street saw Edwards and Carr push Jordan 20 feet into the river below and then called the cops. By the time they arrived, Jordan had drowned, um, and police have not released a motive for the crime. So now the hero from 1991 awaits trial for the death of Jordan. His charges were upgraded from reckless endangerment to reckless homicide, and if convicted, again, he faces 60 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Carr was the other homeless man that was involved. Uh, He was only charged with recklessly endangering, and he pled guilty and is awaiting sentencing. So why does he get... I don't know. Maybe, maybe he didn't because, have a bad maybe because he, sheet, like, or because maybe he wasn't the one who did the main yeah. pushing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the the whole trial. I should have done more research, but I didn't. So he's a survivor of Jeffrey Dahmer, which is pretty impressive. I think that's very impressive. I wish he wouldn't have had that sexual assault charge. The sexual, yeah, that makes me not happy. And I wonder what kind of sexual. Not that I'm like saying any sexual assault is like, but sometimes like. Well, that's not like if you pee in public, isn't that? Yes. Oh, my God. Side note. Okay. So that's the story. Yay. That was great. Oh, Oh, okay. How he ate his victims. Oh, okay. Tell us that and then I'll tell you my story. Um, 
He might have pickled some because they said jars held other bits uh. and pieces preserved in liquid. Uh. I don't know if it's preserved like edible or just, you know, an anatomy kind of thing. Like a formaldehyde situation. But yeah. he admitted to cooking and eating some of his victims. He ate some liver, a little bit of heart, and someone's bicep, among other morsels. I don't know what the others morsels. are. Morsels. Like I don't want to know. Could, Privates? Yeah, I think we're all thinking that. Butts, no. maybe? Maybe I'm thinking butts. Or balls. Ew, I don't think yeah. balls would be very good. Morsels? I don't know. But gross. But, but gross, nonetheless. Okay, go on with your story now. Um, I saw there was a woman who got arrested for letting her son, who's potty training, <clears throat> pee in public. Because she stopped at a gas station, but the kid wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. So she, she said, That is pee. ridiculous. And somebody called the police, and the police came, and she is in, like, she had to go to trial. What? Yeah. People, here's a PSA. Take it easy. Everyone needs to relax. Okay, but my story is, when we were trying to get Declan to pee on the potty, that's my son, who's three and a half, uh, I let him pee outside all the time. My sister-in-law did that with her kids. I mean, they lived in the country. They would go we, outside and pee. I we live in the country, but... being a kid and, like driving on a country road and like i can't make it my parents so just stopped we. on the side of the road and you pull we over there. and you pee listen i pulled over in a residential neighborhood and but you peed no this oh. was declan again i'm not talking about myself i'm talking about declan uh i opened the driver door and the back door so, block he, ha- so he was between two doors so it was like a little but he's privacy. a little kid like he who had cares? to go and he was gonna pee his pants yeah it was going to be a disaster. And it's also a teaching moment. They're like, it's not appropriate to pee in public, but you really have to go. And it's also, you don't want to pee your pants. Right. I'd prefer if you pee not in your pants. Yeah. So anyway, this I felt bad for this poor mom. My sister-in-law was at, so she has four kids, and she was at the grocery store, and she was buying a case of beer, and someone called CPS on her. What? For buying a case of beer. Like, no. I mean, she was buying more than a case of beer. She was buying a lot of beer, but That's they showed up at business. her house- later and some of the kids had bruises on them because they she has four kids and they live in the country and they play outside all the time they're three boys and one girl so they all have bruised all the time they're yes. like climbing on shit and whatever and so someone called cps on her because she had beer and also they had bruising on them which fine i get the people are i like the people are paying attention but it's kind of intense it's a little intense yeah all right so um okay so that's great, my jeffrey Dahmer story, story. <laughs> Uh, Kenny. So, got a good story. I found out a little bit more of, about this story, so it's uh, it's interesting. So, a Polish brewery makes the world's first what? Polish brewery. Um, pierogi beer. It's mm, a good guess. Sauerkraut beer. First, vagina beer. What? Did Wait, you say vagina? vagina? Do they brew vaginas? Uh, from bacteria of what? two Polish models. No. Pass. No. Hard pass. No. I don't want your vagina juices in my beer. So Stay what, what do they use the yeast from it? That's disgusting. They, no, so they... They give them a little a pap smear? Gynecologist took a smear yep. from the women, then a laboratory in the city managed to isolate the necessary lactic what? acid bacteria for the beer's production. That is no. the most disgusting now, thing. Now, if you're curious how much a bottle of this costs... How much? $7. Nothing. As much I thought it'd be like some crazy like fifty dollar thing. So but. once they had this from these girls, like do they have to just continuously pap smear them to make the beer? 
I have no idea. Oh, okay. That's a lot of pap smears. Someone no, said thank you. the beer I mean... is okay. <laughs> oh my god, that would be. Oh my god, if that was my vagina, I'd be like, no. They said it's just okay. It's, I know it's not fantastic. It's not the most magical you've ever had. What's on the label? I'm just curious. A giant vagina? Is it, or is it the sexy hot girl? It's a or, sexy hot girl. Or is it a pussycat? <gasps> Meow. I don't know. I'll try to find the label. Maybe we can put it on our social. Yeah. So okay. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. Okay. Oh, my God. I would not. Would you drink that? No. no. Ew. Kenny? No. no. I like beer, but that's that's where I draw the line. Yeah. That's disgusting. I feel like once you start putting bodily fluids in any kind of beverage, I'm out. What Hard is next pass. is like breast milk frappuccinos or something oh i feel like i have friends who have tried their own breast milk i mean just to see just to if see. it was my own i would maybe try it or i'd try to make todd try it the to, label to actually my... looks pretty normal it's just like it shouldn't a black label with like a gold square kind of thing no, on I it feel like i can't read the letters so i don't know what it says i feel like people could stumble upon that accidentally drink it and then realize they drank vagina juice it's got to say it on the label, right? They it should have called to. it. They should have called it vagina juice. What country is this? Switzerland. Poland. Poland. I feel like pierogi beer or sauerkraut beer. Would I, have been that's better. why, yeah. Pierogi beer sounds. Or really brats, brat beer. No. No, I think brat beer would be yeah. good. No, I want pierogies. Something, some, something smoky. Something smoky. Something real smoky. Ugh. <laughs> and not vaginas. No. I don't want a smoky vagina. Ew. Just give me. Give me and I'm not a, saying vaginas are gross. Like everybody, ha- like all you no, women have. No, but them, I don't I want. It. No offense, I don't want to eat your vagina juice. Uh, Sorry. So <laughs> there are some English words on here. It is called. There's. They have two styles. It looks like. Oh, there's a naked lady on top of this. I realized. So that makes sense. It's an outline of a naked lady here. Oh. Uh, bottled passion and bottled lust. No, bottled vagina juice. This is what it is. Oh, I see. She's on top. Yeah. Does it look like a mud flap but on a truck? Not- it, yeah, actually, it kind of does. That's a pretty good description of it. Jenny. Yeah. You guys. Mm, and I'm her vagina is nowhere to be seen in this picture. I feel like she should be spread eagle if that's yeah, what they're going to be using. I agree. Nope. Spread eagle, that's But certainly mud flappy. Definitely looks like a mud flap. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week. We're ending on vagina juice. But hey, what? there's no better way to end, I guess. <laughs> Uh, we covered some bridges today. We did. And, and vaginas. Uh, and and uh, peeing in public. And cannibals. And heartbeats being restored via mm-hmm. pothole. Yeah. Or hiccups. Either way. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to find us, you know where to do it. On Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or a website. Or a website, sipsurvivorpeat.com. And if you have hometowns or you know someone who survived, you Google or Gmail. Oh my God. I was waiting for you to cough. I was going to cough. I had to Sip cough. Survive repeat at gmail.com. Yeah. Get it. I'm um, sorry. I'm coughing still. Um, that's it. Episode 12. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.